Good morning once again. Uh, our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 to 43. We are continuing to follow the story of what happens after the resurrection of Jesus on Easter. The disciples are up in a closed-off room trying to make sense of the reports that Jesus has risen. Listen to the rest of the story. God's word to you today. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet and see it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Yet for all their joy, they were still disbelieving and wondering. And he said to them, have you got anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and ate it in their presence. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I want to say hi again to those who are watching online, worshiping with us at home on Facebook Live or YouTube, and to those who uh, will listen to this sermon, sermon as a podcast later in the week, and especially to all of you who are here today on this uh, Mother's Day Sunday. A special, uh, it's a special day for a lot of us, and I want to um, just say hi, and it's great to see you today. As you know, Pastor Erica uh, is back from her trip to Israel, and she was supposed to be our preacher for this morning. Um, until Friday afternoon, she was our scheduled preacher, and that's when she tested positive for COVID. And um, really, I appreciate that she's taken the precaution on our behalf to stay home and take care of that. Um, and she really did not want to put anybody at risk. She said she had such a great experience that she would hate to come back and um, pass on COVID to anyone. So anyway, we're glad that she is at home and hi to her as well. Um, so the sermon title is, of course, COVID Strikes Again. I had to just add that in. I changed it from Pastor Erica's original sermon title, which was How to Be a Pastor and a Mother. It just wasn't my message to, to share. Do you know what I mean? So I mentioned to my family on our, on our kind of family text line that I was stepping in to preach kind of last minute, and my older sister texted back, and she wasn't that impressed. Um, this is what she said to me. She said, Mother's Day is a softball service. God is love. Read a poem. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that's good advice, you know. Keep it simple. Don't overthink it. Um, but I would remind her, and maybe any of you as well that I interact with during the week, that I, I listen to what you say. I pick up a lot of stories. You better watch out or you'll end up in my sermon like this. Check this out. That's my mug. Be careful or you'll end up in my sermon. Okay, um, let's get it started. Let's get it started today. Um, We've been continuing in these weeks after Easter, just following the story of the resurrection of Jesus and what it means for the people who encounter him, who hear about it, and who try to live in that faith. And this is really important work for the church to do because we need to continually align ourselves, realign ourselves with the center point of our lives, which is the resurrection power, the risen Lord Jesus. We need to come back to this again and again if we're going to be abled, enabled to live our lives of faith. If we're going to do the work we've been given to do, to have the love to show to our neighbors, the public witness we want to offer, the grace and truth that's given to us and passed on to others as well. So how do we do it? I want to suggest to you today that one of the big meanings of the resurrection of Jesus, one of the themes that rep repeatedly shows up in these resurrection stories is this. 
We have an embodied faith. We have an embodied faith. Our faith in Christ needs to be embodied. Jesus in these stories goes to great pains to show his physical body, right? Like here in our story today, they think he's a ghost. Maybe he's a spirit or a phantom. And that's just kind of one step away from not really being very real. And Jesus says no to that. He says, look at my hands and my feet. Touch me. Do you have anything to eat? I'm hungry. And then he eats a broiled fish, um, head and all. It's really a big thing. Um, in another story in John's gospel, he's sitting on the beach when they're out fishing. And he calls them in and, and he's cooking breakfast on the beach. And you remember the story, he eats with them. And then the story of, of that so-called doubting Thomas where he, he invites Thomas to touch his wounds. He says, touch me and see. Jesus' whole life and ministry is embodied. We know our theology, that God took on flesh and dwelt among us. Or as Eugene Peterson put it in the Message Bible, God moved into the neighborhood. God comes close to us. Ours is an embodied faith. Jesus' first actions, we remember, when he, when he started his public ministry, was to gather others, to call others to be his disciples and to form a community where they could spend time together, learn together, serve together. Jesus embodied the message. So we have this embodied faith because we have an embodied Savior. A few years ago, um, Steve Fainer, our church youth director, he told me that he was beginning to have a series of uh, visitors to our, our church youth group. And he was inviting members of, of our church who had a Ph.D., uh, in some field, a doctorate in some field, to come and share from um, their, to share about it. And you can imagine a kind of a PhD person, someone who's very accomplished, smart, hardworking, had done a lot in their life, and then they had to come into a youth room, like a church youth room, and adapt themselves a little bit, you know? How to communicate about their field of expertise, how to share about and reflect about their faith, their life, their work out in the marketplace and how to help these young people be formed a little bit more in their own understanding of themselves and of their faith. This is an embodied faith. It doesn't, doesn't just stay here floating around. It moves into the world in real ways. We have this claim that we make on Easter Sunday, and you can help me out. Christ is risen. He is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. And yes, we say it. It's a festive part of uh, that Easter Sunday. But here's what happens next. Here in these stories, we're reading what happens next about that faith, that belief, that claim, that truth, that reality. It can't just live up here in our minds. It can't just float around out here kind of as a, in the spiritual world alone. It can't just be on our lips as something we say. It has to take on flesh and be embodied in how we live. And you're not going to be surprised when you hear me say that as a church, we're the place we're the people, we're the setting where Christ is embodied week by week, and you're a part of that. Week by week we gather, and the embodied, fleshed part of our faith is made real. There's a book by an author, her name is Carol, Kara Powell, and some of you will know her. She's the executive director of the Fuller uh, Institute, Youth Institute at Fuller Seminary. She's an expert in her another PhD expert in her field of young adults, uh, adolescents, and how they grow up, how they gain faith. This is her, her area. And her latest book is called Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager. Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager. And I suspect there are questions that we all have to wrestle with at some time. 
Some are in that age range right now, and some of us are a little bit past that age range. But those are, these are key questions. Here's, here's what they are. She says, who am I? Identity questions. Who am I? Second, where do I fit? It's about belonging. Where do I fit? And then third, what difference can I make? What's my purpose? These are three core questions that she says every teenager, adolescent, every young adult, and then we would extend it maybe into our own adulthood, our later adulthood, all the way through our lives and discipleship. Who am I? Where do I fit in? What difference can I make with my life? In her book, Kara Powell, um, this expert, this PhD expert, she says these three questions, these big questions, um, need to be asked, and that quote, the church puts flesh on better answers. The church puts the flesh on better answers to these questions for our young people and for all of us. It's one thing to ask these questions, these, these big questions, out into a vacuum or a void or just into our culture. You know, you can imagine the kind of answers you might get back if you only ask those questions to our consumeristic Silicon Valley culture of today. But it's another thing to be a part of a faith community and to ask those questions. Another thing to show up in your youth room and have an adult there who cares about you and ask those questions. Another thing to come on a Sunday and wrestle with them together to embody our faith as we explore, as we discover, as we grow up together in Christ. Church, say amen. amen. And that's part of what the resurrection of Jesus really means. That's part of what it looks like where he shows up and emphasizes that he wants to be with his disciples. It's not a dream. It's not a ghost. It's not just an idea. For our faith to be real in us, it needs to be embodied. So don't miss the main point. Author Kate Bowles tells a story in one of her books from China in the 1950s. And um, the government of Mao Zedong decided that the crops the rice crop was underperforming because the birds, specifically the sparrows, were going around eating all the seed grain, okay? That was the problem that they were trying to solve. And so they launched this massive campaign to eradicate sparrows from the entire country. They used noise to frighten the birds away. They beat drums, they, they set off fireworks, they, they banged on pots and pans. Pretty soon, sparrows started dropping out of the sky exhausted because they could never find anywhere to land and rest, right? They were continually in the air being moved from one place to another, so they were falling, um, falling and dying from this, from this effort. Many foreign embassies in that time refused to take part in this effort, and um, according to one report, the Polish embassy, because the sparrows would land there, the Polish embassy had to use shovels to shovel up all those sparrows' bodies. There were so many of them dropping all over the ground. Eventually, the numbers of sparrows in China, this is the late 19, 1958, reached near extinction levels. So the campaign against those sparrows was successful. But then something strange happened. Within two years, they noticed that the rice harvest had actually decreased instead of increased. It turned out that with the sparrows gone, all the insects that the sparrows used to eat were eating all the rice. And they ate, and then the locusts came, and there was a famine in the land as a result, and millions of Chinese citizens died. In the end, the Chinese government had to import 250,000 sparrows from the Soviet Union to their country. 
So what did the, the Chinese government in this story miss? They were trying to solve a problem. They were trying to address something that was going on in their society, but the approach completely missed what was going on underneath it all. They missed the main point of how sparrows functioned in relationship to the crops and the insects. They missed the main point. So now imagine that you're here and that we're here on a Mother's Day Sunday and we want to follow my sister's good advice to remember God is love and keep it simple. And so we look to the Bible to tell us a story or show us the way. And this is what we see. God's love for the world, God's love for your family, God's love for you is made real, is embodied in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means. So the, the way that we, that we get to know the embodied love of God, the way we get to know this, this risen Christ actually happens when we get together, when we gather in faith, when we worship together. Don't miss the point Jesus is making in his resurrection appearance in this story. He shows up in their presence. He gives them his peace. He speaks to their doubts. He does it all while highlighting the embodied, personal, present nature of God with us. I want to show you a picture um, of, that one of our young people in the church posted online recently. They went uh, to, to uh, the, Bay, the Monterey Bay Aquarium. They said for the first time since the pandemic, and this is the photo in front of a giant sea bass. I love that photo. It's like a picture of awe, of joy, of wonder. Something you can only get when you drive down to Monterey and go to the aquarium and walk in front of those big tanks. When you get to see sea creatures floating around in the gloom. You can only see, see that, experience that, and have that when you show up. On this Mother's Day, we're here where we want to remember that God is love, where we want to remember our, our, the moms in our lives, the ones who have sought and tried to love us. We also know it's a complicated day because no mother's perfect, many struggle today, and that's what an embodied relationship looks like. On the human scale, it's never perfect. It never all went right. But God's love shows us the way to an even more perfect uh, relationship. The big question for teenagers and for all of us, these questions, who am I, where do I fit, what difference can I make, can all only be answered within relationships with our mom, with our dad, with our siblings, with our friends, maybe with our church family. As a church, we can be the place where this formation happens. We want to be the place where your faith takes on flesh and bones where your faith can grow strong and sturdy for the trials and troubles of life that are sure to come, and where your faith can respond with wonder to what you see and hear and experience week by week. May it be so for you today. God bless you. Amen.